The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hey, hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're going to continue with our topic from last week, Essential Selling Skills. Let's get back to the basics, part two. You know, periodically, it's critical for us to slow down the pursuits of sales, business, or even life and the pursuit of success and just plain sharpen our acts. Now, the acts that I'm talking about today are the skill sets that you need and that you use to apply daily to attain consistent success. And if we aren't careful, just by use, the blade gets dull over time without you even realizing it. Therefore, it's critical that you keep chopping, putting forth the same effort, but taking time to also sharpen the axe. Because if you don't sharpen the axe, you'll be chopping every day. You'll be putting forth the same effort every day, but you'll be getting less results. And I know I've been there before where I, like, I know I'm working just as hard. I'm working even harder, but the results don't seem to be there. And in many cases, that's because we need to take time and just refresh. We need to hone those skills. And one of, my, one of our listeners, uh, he sent me an email. I think it was this morning, as a matter of fact. He listened to last week's show where we were talking about just getting back to the basics periodically. And he reminded me of an Abraham Lincoln quote which was really, really good. Abraham Lincoln once said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four hour, hours sharpening the axe. And that's what we want to do. We want to sharpen the axe. We want to stay sharp. So we're going to continue uh, with the show from last week. And as we ended the show last week, we were talking about uh, attitude and the importance of attitude. And what we said was attitude does not determine your altitude but your attitude plus your actions actually determine your altitude. What are you doing on a day-in, day-out basis consistently? And if we want to continue to be good and, and, and be exceptional at what we're doing, we have to go back to the fundamentals. One of the things I, I've always enjoyed uh, with those who are really exceptional in sports, for example, uh, exceptional golfers, you'll find that they'll play 18 holes and then after playing 18 holes, they go right back to the putting green or they go back and practice hitting some balls. They never, they never stop trying to get better and excelling. So we're going to continue to talk about the last thing we were talking about, which was purpose. And as we said on the last show, purpose is that thing that drives you 
to be successful when nothing else will. Uh, goals won't drive you sometimes. Goals are nice things that we want to accomplish, and if we hit the goal, we'll do this thing for ourselves. We'll buy the new vehicle or we'll put, go on a trip. But purpose is something you just plain refuse to face and defeat. And I share a little bit of my history, my background with you uh, on the last show where I identify what drove me for a large part of my life uh, as a young adult. And even to this day where failure is not an option for me because growing up in a, a very poor environment uh, and a very violent environment at that, I made the commitment that when I was 13 – Whenever I had a family, they would not have to live like that. And as a result, that spurred me on to success when I faced many of life's challenges. And just let's face it, the challenges are going to come. The storms are going to continue to come. But the key is, how do you handle it? So the definition that we use for purpose is someone or something that if you had to face in defeat, Facing that person or situation in defeat would be more brutal, more painful to you than the price you would have paid to be successful. Something or someone that if you had to face in defeat would be more brutal than the price to be successful. And there are all types of purpose. Mine was my my family because I was determined to give them a better life. And there are all types of purpose. I, I saw one lady who was extremely successful. And hers was family, but from a different perspective. She grew up in a family of, I think, six or seven children and a single parent family. And she watched her mom sacrifice for the sake of her kids. Her mom never had a new vehicle, never had any new clothes, but she made sure her children were taken care of. So it was this lady's purpose in life. It would have been more punishing, more painful, more brutal for her to watch her mom Leave this earth without enjoying some of the finer things. So uh, she wanted to be successful so she could buy her mom the new vehicle, so her mom could take the Alaskan cruise, so her mom could enjoy some of the finer things of life. I have seen one individual where he came up to me and he said that everyone in his family was successful. Uh, and when he told his dad that he decided he wanted to go into sales, his dad looked at him and said, I can't think of a time where I can remember us dropping you on your head. What are you doing? What are you talking about going into sales? You can't, that's not a worthy profession. You can't be successful in a profession like sales because uh, his brother was an entrepreneur. Another brother was an engineer. Another uh, sister was a doctor. And to his father, those were worthy professions. So it would have been more punishing and brutal for him to fall down in selling and face his father in defeat and watch his father say, son, I tried to warn you. I knew you couldn't be successful at that. But in spite of what his father felt, that spurred him on, really. And he was extremely successful. He was successful as the engineer, as the doctor, as the entrepreneur. And the pivotal point in his life was when he was at a, an Atlanta Braves uh, baseball game. And I lived in Atlanta one time, and at the time I was there, they had a bumper sticker that said, Go Braves and take the Falcons with you. Okay, uh, they were not that successful at that time. But at any rate, this young man's father, while they were at the game, looked at him and just said, Son, I'm proud of you. 
So what that meant to him was he had survived. He had actually accomplished great things in the eyes of his father that his father didn't think he would. So this thing called purpose is really something. And when we talk about purpose also, it, it, it forces you to ask yourself a question. Am I interested in being successful or am I committed to being successful? Am I interested or am I committed? And let's talk about those two things for a moment. Because if you are interested in something, you will only put forth enough effort to be successful as long as things are going well. Uh, as a matter of fact, those of us who are interested in success subscribe to what I call the as long as philosophy. And the uh, as long as philosophy kind of goes like this. As long as it's not too cold, as long as it's not too hot, as long as it's not too difficult, as long as the economy is doing well, as long as interest rates are low, as long as the phone is ringing, as long as, as long as, as long as, then I'll be successful. Then I'll be successful. Now, the committed side is basically, it's really pretty simple. If you're committed to success, if you have that type of purpose, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You will figure a way out. You'll make a way out of no way. And that's what committed is all about. And I'm committed, and I want you to be committed, because if you're committed to success, and I'm not talking about success to the point where you'll do anything, you'll cheat people, you'll lie, you'll steal. That's not success. I'm talking about success where you work hard and you have integrity and your main focus is helping others. You focus on making a difference. And as I've said before, when you focus on making a difference, the dollars are going to come. It's just the natural order of things. But if you're really committed, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It could be a bad economy. It could be high interest rates. Uh, it could be your phone's not ringing. You could be sick. It doesn't matter. You will figure a way out. Some of the best years of my company have been in down economies because that situation forces me to get out of the norm. It forces me to get out of the, or think out of the proverbial box. It forces me to be creative based on my purpose because I can't afford not to be successful. And, and by the way, a purpose can change. You know, because as I got older and my finances were such where my family was taken care of and I, and I know they were set whether I was here or not, uh, then it became my purpose. It would have been more punishing and brutal for me to leave this earth and not be able to pull other people out of the fire, young, young uh, at-risk youth who don't believe they can do other, anything other than what their lot in life has already been. If their family has been poor, they think that's the way it has to be, and they're going to pass that on. My goal, my desire is to help them to understand that they can have a different life, to help them understand that they just need to get rid of their limiting beliefs. And then let's replace those limiting beliefs with empowering beliefs. All right? So... Are you interested or committed? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. Have I been interested where I allow things, uh, conditions to determine my success? Or am I committed where it doesn't matter what's going on, I'm going to figure a way out. 
Now, the thing called purpose also forces you to take a look at something else. What questions are you asking yourself? There are two types of questions that you ask yourself that also determine where you are. All right? Because if you're asking yourself what I call the can I questions, can I be successful? Can I make this happen? Can I turn this around? Can I hit my goal this year? Can I actually grow this business? If you're asking yourself can I questions, you're asking yourself the wrong question because can I questions are just filled with all types of doubt. If you're asking yourself those questions, your, your energy is focused in the wrong direction. You want to really ask yourself, how can I questions? How can I turn this around? How can I grow this business? How can I hit my quota this month? How can I be successful in spite of a down economy? How questions force you to think about all of the possibilities and that there are possibilities. And if you don't have it, there are people around you that do. I've mentioned on a couple of occasions that uh, when I was struggling with uh, situations regarding growing my business, I would go to someone who was doing better than me, someone who was extremely successful, even someone that was smarter than me. And one of the things I've noticed a lot of times, sometimes with business people or even people in sales, we don't want people to know that we don't know. And what I find is some of the, the most successful people, the wisest people, realize when they need help. And as a result, they go out and seek the help. But I had lunch one time with this one gentleman, and I told him what I was dealing with and what I was, the struggles that I had. And within five minutes, he gave me five or six ideas that were just sitting on the top of his head because he had more experience. He had already been there, and these were the lessons that he learned. So... Don't be afraid to seek counsel, all right? And then be have a discerning spirit to determine if it's good counsel. But always, always be willing and always be open, always be studying. And it's just amazing. It's, uh, it's time for us to go into our first break. And we're going to continue to talk about some of the essential selling skills, the things that we need to always be mindful of. And the one that we're starting with today is attitude. That determines everything because you can have the sorriest attitude and you're not going to accomplish much. But you can have great selling skills and all of those things and it doesn't matter. But it, you can lack certain aspects and certain skill sets but have the right attitude and you will be successful. So it's time for our first break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. And you're listening to the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 
Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about essential selling skills. Let's get back to the basics. And one of the things also that we need to be mindful of, and if we aren't careful, we can lose sight of this, and and that's time management. Because the most successful people manage their time extremely well, and you only have X number of hours where you can really be productive or productive or face-to-face with your clients. And, and normally that's between 8 a.m., 5 p.m. There are exceptions, obviously, if you go to a networking function uh, or some type of function after hours. But 8 to 5 are the primary hours where we conduct business uh, in, in the white-collar business arena. So what are you doing with your time? And there are time wasters that we need to be mindful of. For example, there are painless things that we can do all day that help us to feel like we are really, really busy, but they generate no income. Some of the painless things that we can do that help us to feel busy is uh, doing quotes, uh, which are necessary. Don't get me wrong. They're necessary. Uh, Reading emails. Uh, responding to emails, uh, listening to voicemails, responding to voicemails, filing stuff. All of those things are are necessities, but they are painless things. And what I found is we can do a whole lot of painless. We can do six hours of painless every day, and that painless work will generate very little business. But we can do... A little bit of painful, and let's let's talk about what I identify as painful. Painful are those things that you really don't like to do. We don't like to call customers that don't know who we are. We don't like to call customers that may be upset with us. We don't like to use the phone to try to schedule appointments. Those are the types of things that are painful. But if you do a little bit of those consistently, what you will find is they will generate revenue. So my, my recommendation is 
do the painful things first. Get them out of the way, whether it's prospecting. And if you're new to sales or you have a very young business, there is just no way around it. You're going to have to prospect. You're going to have to uh, use social media. You're going to have to get on Facebook, Twitter, build a following, uh, Pinterest. And we have a, a, an abundance of shows on all of those topics, many of them in the last three or four months, where I have experts talking about how to use social media to grow your business. There's also uh, there's also putting out blogs. So you can just give away information. It's amazing when you give something to someone, you get something in return. But most most of us are saying, well, you stove, give me some heat, then I'll put some wood in. And really, we have to chop the wood. Oh, there goes that axe analogy again. We have to chop wood and then put it in the stove. We have to put the work and the, the effort forth before we can get results. So do the things that matter. And also identify what your time is worth. What is your time worth? And Because sometimes we're doing things during the day that really we should either be paying someone else to do uh, or we should not be doing between 8 and 5. For example, when I was in the field selling for another corporation, I did my research on organizations and, and individuals that I was pursuing. I did my research in the evenings while I was watching some television show after dinner uh, for maybe an hour or so. Uh, I also used Saturday mornings from 7 a.m. to maybe 10 a.m. before my family was up to catch up on things, to do that busy work so it didn't take away from my time during the week on things that can actually generate income. So we want to be mindful. Know what your time is worth. And, and one of the biggest things to do that is put a, an amount to what your time is worth. And you know what your time is worth. Uh, it may be $35 an hour. It may be $150 an hour. And if your time is worth $150 an hour between the hours of 8 and 5, that's not the time for you to go get a haircut Monday through Friday. Okay, that's not the time for you to do anything that's frivolous. Get a manicure or pedicure, unless you're doing it on your lunch hour, which is fine. But do the things between 8 and 5, Monday through Friday, that tends to generate revenue for you. And prospecting may be one of them. And as we just identified, you can use Pinterest. You can use all of those different social media venues. But one of the most effective ways that I've seen, and I've, I've grown my company, and I see other extremely successful sales professionals and business owners grow their business, is referrals. You should be asking for referrals day in and day out. As a matter of fact, that should be the, pretty much the last thing you say to anyone you talk to. By the way, who else do you know that can use our services? Who else do you know that is planning to build a home in the next uh, year or so? Who else do you know that recently moved into the area, relocated? Whatever it is that you provide to individuals, ask, what other business people do you know? that can use our services. And, and you'd be amazed by asking that question on a regular basis. You'd be amazed how many um, referrals you can get, especially if you've done, and I'm assuming you've done a great job for the person that you're asking the referral from. 
But just to kind of recap really, really quickly, in order to get the referral, you want to have a conversation. Hey, Rob, I just wanted to, to thank you for the business that you've done with us to point. And I just wanted to follow up with you just to verify that we have met and really hopefully exceeded your expectations. How have we done? And they may say, you know, you have done a fabulous job and we really appreciate all your effort. And at that point, you say, well, thanks, Rob. I really appreciate that. You know, by the way, there are other uh, business owners, homeowners, whatever it is your product is, that, that are trying to make a good decision, which you obviously feel you've made. Who else do you know that we can be of service to? And you'd be amazed they will tell you and try to get as many names as you possibly can. And once they give you the names and, and contact information, I'll ask the question, okay, Rob, if you were me, who would you call on first? Oh, I would call on Steve, uh, Ty. Really, why is that? Well, as a matter of fact, I had lunch with him two days ago, and they were talking about a new facility that they were planning, and I know they would be able to use your services. Okay, tell me a little bit about uh, Steve. So now what I'm going to do is get that individual to become my coach. And people, if they like you, they want to help you, and they aren't looking for anything from it. All right, they're able to help you and they're able to help someone else. I love it when someone asks me for a referral because if they've done a good job for me, I will tell them. Now, if they've done a, a poor job, this gives me an opportunity to tell them, well, you know, I, I love to, to be able to refer you, but I'm not really completely happy with the, the last job that you did. Now, this is an opportunity, this is what we call the moment of truth, because this is an opportunity for them to rectify that situation. And we talked about that on how to recover on some of my customer service shows. So guess what? If they come back around and fix the problem for me and, and even do a little bit extra, and that's going to win me over. Now, at that point, they have recovered my trust, they've recovered my respect, and at this point, I would be more than happy to give them a referral and maybe even more. So we want to always get as many as possible and then ask the person who gave them, how would you prioritize them? If you were me, who would you go after first? Who would you go after second? Who would you go after third? This is just plain the easiest way to get your next piece of business because people will do business with you faster if someone they know, someone they trust, had a favorable experience with you. And that will help them feel more comfortable. As a matter of fact, if they don't just automatically do business with you, your name will go to the top of the list. So always, always ask for referrals. Always ask for referrals. So let's talk about what do you do? What do you say when you meet that customer for the first time? You want to obviously give, we call it an elevator pitch. Uh, I've called it a 30-second commercial. But that 30-second commercial or whatever it is you use is how you introduce yourself to someone when you meet them for the first time. I had Topher Morrison on uh, this show a couple of times within the last couple of months, I think in August and then again in October on how to become a key person of influence. And he called it an elevator pitch. Uh, as a matter of fact, on one of the shows, he put me on the spot because <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to ask. But he said, give me your pitch, Ty. And he critiqued my pitch. So you want to catch that show. I think that show was August the 22nd, How to Become a Key Person of Influence, Part 1. Uh, but there's several components to your 
elevator pitch or your 30-second commercial, you want to briefly identify who you are, what your company does, how your company can benefit others. And then if it makes sense, if it, you want to ask for an appointment, and that appointment is to sit down with them and learn more about their organization. So work on your 30-second commercial, your elevator pitch. You know, my name's Tom Mayer, and I represent a dynamic company called Time Mayer Group. We're a training and development company, and our primary focus is to improve our clients' profitability by enhancing the performance of their sales team. I'd like to schedule a brief appointment with you to learn more about your company to determine how or even if we can be of service to you. So that's what we want to do, a a quick 30-second commercial where we identify how we can bring value to them. All right? Now, you don't have to use the same one for every one you talk to. You want to have a template and then based on what's going on with those in, that individual, change certain aspects of what you're going to say because I, you know, I, I love the James Bond movies, and one of the things I've noticed about James Bond, the James Bond movies, I've been watching them for a long time now. I don't know how many they've done, but they have a template for the movie, and all they do is they change the location, they change the enemy they, uh, or the villain, they change the nuclear weapon that's going to destroy the Earth, and other than that, it's the same movie. They just changed the template, and we keep going and <laughs> spending millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. So a template can work. You want to use it enough to the point where you're comfortable and you're speaking in a conversational tone. That's what we're looking for. All right, so we're talking about 30-second commercials. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about some of the just the basics, the fundamentals we need to have down in order to consistently be successful in sales or growing your business. So it's time for us to take another short break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network our workplace is dynamically changing how do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training tune in every week to the future of workforce learning and development with host dr pamela robinson You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. 
If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and today's show is Essential Selling Skills. Let's get back to the basics. Let's sharpen our axe so we can be more efficient and effective when we get back out in the field. All right, so we've been talking about several aspects. We've been talking about the right attitude and this thing called purpose. We've been talking about prospecting and, and, and how to get referrals. That is just plain the most effective way to find your next piece of your business. And if you aren't asking for referrals, you are leaving a ton of money on the table because whoever you just did business with has friends, associates, colleagues that can use your services as well. And if they refer you, your next, you, you're so close to your next sale, you should almost be able to taste it. All right. So we want to continue to talk about now some things on what to do when you meet someone for the first time. We just talked about the third second commercial. And those of you who are in in business arena, when you're calling on corporations, it's business to business. One of the things I would recommend that you not do is have a meeting with someone in their lobby. We refer to that as selling out of bounds. You aren't really going to have someone's attention if they're sitting down in the lobby with you to conduct business because they're paying attention to everyone that's walking in. Huh, huh that's interesting. Rob is late for the second time this week from lunch. Hmm. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. Or they're paying attention to everything but you. So one of the things I like for you to do is when you, if someone comes to meet you in the lobby, just go ahead and greet them, shake their hands. Thank you for seeing me today. I'm looking forward to our meeting. I'm just curious, is there, uh, could I have the courtesy of your office for this meeting or is there someplace else we can talk privately? Get out of the lobby. Get out of the, the area where you don't know who's sitting next to you. And, and there have been so many times when I've been in the lobby waiting for a meeting and one of uh, the competitors, per se, is having his meeting in the lobby, and I'm sitting in listening to everything they say. I'm sitting in, and I'm actually listening to their presentation. So you don't want to do that. You never know who's sitting in there next to you. And there have been times if, if the person was not able to provide me someplace else where we can sit and talk privately, uh, I would reschedule. I would reschedule. So that's just something simple. Don't sell out of bounds. And... The first few minutes with someone is timely because that you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. So I just want to talk about some, some things we can do. And what you want to do in, in, initially is break the ice. You want to get them comfortable talking to you. You want to make it easy for you to talk to them. So we, you want to break the ice or do what we call establishing, establishing rapport. And you only want to take a couple of minutes to do this. So how do you establish rapport? You could do that by uh, talking to them about an article you read on their company or on them. 
You can talk about research you've done on the company. Uh, it could be as simple as, you know, I call on 20 businesses a week, and I have to tell you, your staff is really one of the most personable that I, I've, I've run into in a long time, and, and that really says a lot about the leadership. It can be something like that, uh, but it should only take a couple of minutes. A couple of things uh, that always come up, you, you ask people. So let's say you go into the office and they have a big moose head on the, on the wall. A big moose head. Do you mention the moose head? And when I talk about this in my class, I get all kind of answers. Uh, yeah, because if, if they have it up there, that means it's important to them. No, I wouldn't talk about a moose head because I don't like shooting and killing things. Uh, two schools of thought, and it's up to you whichever one you go with. Two schools of thought is this. Number one rule is they said don't talk about what's obvious in someone's office because everybody and their brother talked about it before you did, so you just another one of the Joes that came in to talk about the, the, the moose head. Uh, the other school of thought is if it wasn't important to them, it really wouldn't be on the wall. So I don't really have an opinion on that. I'll tell you personally, I have a tendency to not talk about what's obvious. I may pick out a book that I see on their desk that I also read, or maybe even I have an interest in. Uh, I've I may talk about, I couldn't help but notice they had Golf Digest on on their desk, and I, I hack up the course periodically. So find something you can talk about. A couple of things I, I would recommend you not talk about, and be, just based on what I have experienced in the last several years with some of my students, uh, I would shy away these days from talking a, about uh, family photographs, if you walk into someone's office, and because I can't tell you how many stories I've heard recently where someone mentioned, oh, is that a picture of you and your son? And they said, uh, yeah, that's my son. He uh, passed away two weeks ago in a motorcycle accident. And it just, oof, you don't know what to say after that. It just puts like a damper on the conversation, and I can kind of understand that because I experienced a loss recently, and it's, it's still really fresh to me, and maybe if someone saw a picture and they mentioned it to me at this point in time, it would remind me of that loss, and it might even distract me a little bit from my conversation with them. It may even make me to the point where I'm not, nothing against them, but I'm just not now in the mood to talk again because now I'm reflecting on my pain. So uh, I recommend don't talk about the family photographs at this point. And you may say something really crazy. You know, oh, is that a lovely picture of you and your granddaughter? Uh, that's my wife. Ooh, okay. Oh, what a lovely picture of you and your grandmother. Oh, your grandfather. That's my husband. You know, so... Just stay away from that. Also, the the college rivalries and professional sports rivalries, uh, I would recommend that you kind of stay away from that topic also because there are some fan fanatics out there, and they take these sports extremely serious. I made a sales call with a gentleman in North Florida, and we called on a, uh, a guy who was clearly – a Gator fan, Florida Gators, and 
everything in this office was blue and orange. He had blue and orange carpet. He had gator paraphernalia everywhere. He had the gator insignia in the center of the carpet. And the gentleman that I was with, he said, oh, so you're a gator fan. And uh, the guy said, yep. And he said, well, personally, I'm a bulldog fan. And the man said, and you can get out of my office. And he was dead serious. So I just want you to understand, there are some people, and you know, I know there's a, there's a, there are many college rivalries, for example. I do a lot of work in Ohio and in Michigan, and they, Ohio State, I think Michigan, it, it's just, just an rivalry there. So try not to mention things that can put people on edge. The other thing that I would uh, like to mention is I would not even comment on someone that appears to be with child. And I know there are some of you listening right now who are smiling and you may even be laughing because you've made that mistake already and prayerfully you won't make it again. And there may be some people listening who who basically had someone ask them that question and they weren't pregnant. The outcome is not good. I can promise you that. I've had so many people, when I talk about this, they'll just raise their hand and they'll tell me the horror story where they mention, so when are you due? And the smile leaves that person's face and it goes from a smile to a frown. And the person says, I'm not pregnant. I had my baby eight months ago. And the person wants to say, well, are you sure? I mean, just so I, I, unless they have a shirt, they're wearing a shirt, and it says baby on it with an arrow pointing down towards their stomach. And unless they are all talking and they have a sonogram in their hand and they mention something about their upcoming birth, I, as, as a rule, I won't, I won't say anything because I've spoken to people who have been on the side where, where they were assume that they were pregnant, and they never forget it. They never, ever forget it. So let's, let's stay away from that type of stuff. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. And I know some of this is, is, is fundamental to, to some, but maybe not to others, and we just need a reminder sometimes. But two minutes, all we're talking about, two minutes, to establish rapport, and then we want to get to business. And when we get to business, it's really critical that we set an agenda. People, especially if you're working in, in, in business to business, tell them why you're there. Tell them what you're looking to accomplish. The last thing we want to do is start spewing about our product, how great our product is, who else thinks it's great, how long it's been great, how long we plan on being great, how greatness is defined, because they don't want to hear that. People want you to understand where they're coming from, and then after that, it's your job to identify how what you do can help them meet their objectives. So I normally would set an agenda, and there's a few components to setting an agenda. I would thank them for meeting with me or seeing me that day. And I would say, you know, thanks again for seeing me today. As I mentioned, I represent a dynamic company, the Time Energy Group. And our primary focus is to help improve the profitability of your organization by improving the sales performance of your team. And what I'd like to do today, and that's when I segue into my introduction, in my introduction, I'm going to tell them what I'd like to see us cover during this meeting. This is what I like to gain today. This is what I like to learn today. 
and I and then I'll say I'll identify the value of the meeting to them if they're willing to share information with me. And then what I like to do then is identify what I might think would be the next appropriate steps to keep the ball moving forward. And then I'll get their acceptance of the agenda. And so I'll identify what I want to gain from the meeting. Then I'll identify what they can expect to gain from the meeting. If they talk to me and share information with me, then I'll talk about next appropriate steps if we both feel the meeting was valuable. And then I'll get their acceptance of my agenda. And it may sound like something like this. You know, and what I'd like to do Mr. T- today, Mr. Holmes, is learn more about your direction for your company, your goals, and any issues you feel might hinder your long-term success. And I think this will quickly help me identify how we can be of assistance to you and your company or you and your family. And if we both feel this meeting was successful, I'd like to propose as a next step that we actually sit down and go over a proposal of ideas that could help you accomplish these specific goals that you've set. How does this sound for our first meeting? Is there anything else you'd like to see us accomplish today? That really works well because I didn't just come in and start spewing what I want to talk about. The meeting is all about them, and I've shared before, it has to be about them, okay? So this sets an agenda and it, it lets them know that you, you're genuinely interested in them. And I'm going to share a story that I heard today uh, when we come back from the break. This is our last the fastest hour of the week. I'm going to share a story with you about how important it is to actually ask good questions and listen to what your client has to say. All right, so it's time for us to take our final break. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and you're listening to the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Music. 
listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynardgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to Forget Patients. Let's sell something. We're on our last segment, and this hour just always goes by goes by really, really fast. And, you know, I'm interested in hearing from you. I want to know what you think of the show. I get a lot of emails, and I really appreciate that. I have people contact me through Facebook, Twitter, or my email, but I really want to give you what you're looking for, what you need. Let me know if I'm hitting the mark. Let me know if we're missing or we're falling short. I want to, lo- I want to know and I want to grow. We want to do better. We want to give you exactly what you need. All right? So we want to, con- uh, in the last segment, just talk about, again, the essence of questioning and listening. Those are two extremely important components that we just have to do consistently, and we have to do a good job consistently. And what I have paid attention to is the most successful sales professionals, business owners, parents, uh, husbands, you name it, they ask good questions, all right? But especially in the business arena, we have to ask good questions. And we want to understand things from the client's perspective. And I have an entire show on questioning um, is titled, I think, the one, the one thing that you have to know in business to be successful. And questioning is it. Contrary to popular belief, the most successful and the best sales professionals aren't the ones who talk and often. They're the ones who ask a lot of good open-ended questions to under th- understand things from the customer's perspective. All right. And we want to ask primarily what we call open ended questions. Open ended questions are questions that cannot be answered yes or no. It gets the prospect talking. And the beauty of open ended questions is it's the most conversational form of questioning there is. All right. It it may be an example might be. So what are you looking to accomplish in the next three to four years? What are you looking to accomplish? And, and, and why is that so important for your company now or your family now? Okay. And what do you feel would be the impact if you weren't able to accomplish this in the very near future? Those are the types of questions that gets the individual talking, gets them to open up, gets them to give you volumes of information. And also, Asking open-ended questions will force the client to respond with what we call phrases that imply need. Or that's an acronym, phrases implying need. And a phrase that implies a need is any phrase or statement that expresses a concern or a desire for improvement in their business or in their life. And a phrase that implies a need, it really sounds like it starts with this, we need to. We want to. We have to. It's really important for us to. We're really interested in or it's critical that we. 
We need to, we want to, we have to. It's important for us to. And when you hear a sentence that starts with any of those phrases, the customer, the client, the prospect is about to tell you exactly what you need to know to earn their business. Basically, they're saying, we need this, and if you can show us how to get it, if you can solve this for us, we will write you a check. We will write you a P.O. So listen intently for phrases that imply need. All right? And anytime you hear a phrase that implies a need, automatically know that you want to ask at least two to three questions deep. Tell me more about that. Now, accommodate technology. That can mean different things to different people. So what do you mean when you say that? Uh-huh. And what makes that so critical now for your company? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what do you think would be the impact if you weren't able to accomplish that? Those questions will get you business. <laughs> they will get you business. because, And that also helps the customer know that you are genuinely interested in them and helping them grow their business, help their family be more secure, whatever it is you provide, all right? And the other type of question that you can ask but is just not the most effective is closed-ended questions. These are questions they ask with a yes or no. It can be a quantitative amount uh, or it's a choice between alternatives that you provided. So uh, do you think you'll be doing something in the next three years? Yes. Or you may ask, so how many widgets do you think you need? 50. Or would you prefer red or black? Black. This is not conversational. As a matter of fact, if you ask too many questions back to back to back, what's going to happen is the client or the prospect is going to feel like they're being interrogated. But if you ask the open-ended questions, it's more free-flowing and it feels like it's a conversation, not an interrogation. All right? Now, I want to talk to you about the other side of the coin of asking good questions because I have seen it, and I'm sure I've done it at some point, uh, where you ask a question, but you aren't even listening to the answer. You aren't listening to the response. And the other side of the coin of asking good questions is really listening to your your customer, listening to what they're saying, because you want to listen to understand, not just to respond. And we're going to continue this next week, just going back over some of the basics, some of the fundamentals, and just sharpening the X and keeping keeping you home. But I, I had a, one of our listeners, he called me this morning, and he said, Ty, he said, that listening paid off for me. He said, because I was listening intently to the customer to understand. And she, I noticed she said one thing at the beginning of the conversation. And towards the end, she changed it. And I said, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard you say this earlier. And now you said this. She said, well, I did change it. She said, but I did it just to see if you were really listening to me. And because he was really listening to her, he got the business, and he called me to thank me about for that. And I, I have to thank him for applying what he learned. So what I want you to do is this. I want to help you continue to grow. And those of you who have organizations out there and you have a sales team and you want them to get the best training, I want you to give me a call. I want to learn 
want your organization to determine how we can be of assistance to you. And give me a call, and my telephone number, toll free, is 888 605 1040. Again, that's 888 605 1040. If you have a sales force that you're looking to develop and to take to the next level. And those of you who are out there and you're an individual and you feel the need that you feel that if you got some extra coaching, that can help you go to the next level. That can help hone your skills. That can sharpen your axe. I want to be there for you also. So please call me at 8605 1040 or you can contact me via email ty at tymaynergroup.com twitter facebook let me help you in your quest to be the best and as usual our time is up i have had a tremendous time with you just going back through the basics and this is what i love about what i do because it keeps me sharp as well so I want you to go out and apply some of the things we talked about this week and last week, just the fundamentals, refresh, recharge, renew, and go sell something. In the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. I'll talk to you soon. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Let's sell something.